black GI, is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the Soul Brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Be safe. Welcome back to Vietnam. Look what I found. Better man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. Hey! I have no place to stay. Hey! We bury it. Later on, we come back and collect. What's going on guys, Royal with Cheese here, episode number 35, first technically filmed one, we're going to see how this goes, if it goes well then obviously uh, we're going to keep uh, keep doing it. Yeah, honestly this should be interesting, I mean we got two, this is probably our first new released movies since, since COVID, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this should be, yeah these, were, these aren't just like Netflix originals, they kind of were like playing to be theatrically yeah. released and then they were put onto... Uh, Obviously, streaming services for uh, twenty dollars, and the yeah. Five Bloods had a contract with Netflix, which they might have already in the previously. But yeah, I yeah. mean, I take that back. This isn't our first. We did uh, the other Pete Davidson movie. Um, oh, but, but that, I think that was going to go Hulu, no matter what, though. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, so it still is like a new release, I guess. But anyways, the Five Bloods, uh, directed by Spike Lee, uh, his newest feature. It runs at two and a half hours. It is um. It's a movie, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we should just start with the director. Yeah. Uh, Spike, go on. Sp- I was just going to say, Spike Lee, if you don't know him, he's huge Knicks fans, sits there, watches the Knicks lose every single game of their career. So he's always, I have front row seats to that, and he's a pretty well-known director. Yeah, so he obviously got like his big start was with Do the Right Thing, which I believe is 94 um, that's his probably his best film. Most people agree. Um, I'm not. Let's make eye contact with the camera. No, no, no. That'd be weird. I feel like I feel like it's better if it's just you know. It's I'm like trying it's, to steer. It's, it's like, what's your Rogan say? What's your Rogan say? It's just a conversation. Yeah, okay? but if we were having a conversation, we'd be like that's looking at each other the whole time. You know, I'm trying to steer you know into hey, their listen, souls. This is the first time. We'll see how it goes. I'm just trying to steer Seth, into their souls. Seth will edit out any garbage, you know. No, I. Uh, the, Spike Lee, you know, he's very politically active, obviously. All of his movies have a distinct style to them and are all, you know, have some political activism, I guess, in them. Yeah. Especially for the African-American community. I mean, mean, he directed Malcolm X. Exactly. exactly. Which is actually not a bad movie. No, I'm um, just saying, like, that. that's... Yeah. That's got to be somewhat political, whether or not, like, title alone, so... Uh, this, Like I said, this movie comes in at 2 hours and 34 minutes, which is kind of a long watch, I'm not going to lie, and, um, I don't know, I, I definitely have uh, some thoughts on it, I guess, is the way to go, you, you got anything to yeah. open up with? I mean, if we're getting into this, I would just say, I'm not the biggest fan of Spike Lee, for one reason, I'm not a big political movie advocate, like... 
it's one thing if you're doing a comedy and yeah. you're, you're like slashing both sides, you know, or whatever. But like, I'm not a big like. I feel like this movie was a ride along on what's going on. Like, that's the only reason it's well, going to do I, well. I, I believe it was kind of like it's kind of like the perfect timing for it to come out. That's I mean, well, that's what I'm unrest. saying. Like, I mean, but I, I feel like the movie is riding on the unrest. I feel it's like not because like it's, it's a, lot, a yeah. great movie. I mean, yeah, this this movie has an 82 Metacritic score right now, which is kind of crazy, I guess, to me. And, like, this is the thing. Like, I want to try to draw a line between a movie being, like, bad. Like, I'm, I'm trying, trying to decide, like, is it just my preference, you know? Am I not liking this movie because of my preference, or am I not liking this movie because it's actually a bad movie? And I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's really a movie. No, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, because it, like... It's just a political statement, it, it, I feel like. It's just so totally, like... It changes so much. Like, the beginning, it says, like, these four buddies, you know, kind of get together. Is it five? It's five. Yeah, don't it's five. No, 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 it's four. Because the fifth one is dead. Yes. So, basically, the plot synopsis uh, basically is four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader. And um, there's a gold fortune that they're trying to find also while also getting his remains. Yeah. So, I mean, it just to me, it just doesn't feel like much of a movie because it feels like he Spike Lee does something kind of interesting. He puts in all these, like, black leaders and, like, um, black uh, famous athletes and stuff, people that have moved the cause along. And he, like, does a still of them with a little bit of information about what they did, how they died, whatever, and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I thought that. I yeah, no, no, I just, it's fine to say it's a kind of a stylistic choice he chose. And the movie starts off with um, kind of like a fun, you know, they're kind of joking with each other. And For they sure. really seem like they like each other and stuff. And it really does actually, they all work really well together, all four of them, you know. Uh, it's going to be Del- Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis. Uh, well, technically, Jonathan Majors doesn't come until after. Then you get the Wakanda Prince is the squalling, yeah. fallen leader. <laughs> but, um, no, this this movie just, I, I mean, starts off like a buddy cop kind of thing. And then there's obviously flashbacks to war, which he does another interesting thing is that he decides to not de-age any of the actors in it. They all are like seventy-year-old men, running through the Vietnam forest, you know, and fighting in Vietnam, and uh, which I was fine with. I know some people were bugged by that, but to me, that really didn't bother me at all. And um, to me, uh, the special effects were really bad, like film school bad. I, if you're talking about the re- them remembering the past, yeah, did you remember okay. the helicopter yeah. scene? Okay, I got something for you. So I was actually reading up on it and. Apparently, that's not a flashback. So, it's supposed to be them remembering it. Yeah. As they are now. So, it's supposed to, like, it's supposed to be, like, an artistic style That's what I'm saying. To it, he chose to do it, where, which I thought was interesting. Where it's supposed to be, like, them coming back to Vietnam and then them seeing themselves as they are right now in the same yeah. exact position. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Because as you remember, the guy that died... He was still young, but all of them were old. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was obviously a choice he decided to do. Also, I don't think he had the funding of, like, the Irishman to oh, DH yeah, people. for sure. But, uh, I mean, obviously this movie is very anti-war, very anti-Vietnam. You know, they make some very overtly political statements about it. Uh, the one thing, though, the one th- 
political thing that I think that Spike Lee brings up, which is I think is a good point, is the fact that um, these men went out there and they were fighting for the freedom. And same thing with World War II, is African Americans were out there fighting for the freedom of basically other countries and even their own country, yeah. technically, where back home they weren't receiving the freedoms that they're promising that they bring to Vietnam or bringing to Korea, sure. which I think is a very good point that these people, you know, even though they didn't have those rights, decided it was worthy enough. Not all of them because they were drafted. Some of them decided yeah. to go out and still fight for these freedoms and these rights of other people, even though they didn't have them back home in the hopes that they would achieve these same freedoms. You know? Yeah. I, I did think he depicted, um, I guess the diversity and everything. And when I say diversity, I'm not talking about skin, but I'm talking about political, like, aisle. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was overhanded. I, you can bring up the point. I don't think it spoils it. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you have one guy that's wholeheartedly, you know, a Donald Trump supporter. He's, like, basically a Bernie bro, but for Donald Trump. <laughs> and then you have, like, the complete opposite of the aisle. But then you also, like, how could you support this guy? But then you also have the guy that died who's, like, the great equalizer where he's like, listen, violence isn't the way. Either way, we cut the bread, like. Yeah. Whichever side's right, violence is never Your the option. Leader. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I say is, like, even though this movie is overtly political and their Delroy Lindo's character is a MAGA supporter, but obviously he's also portrayed as the one who has the most trouble. You know, he's the most the worst PTSD. He has Whoa. the worst trouble getting yeah. over this situation and stuff like that. Well, there's reasons why I know. And so he's not a good father and all these things. Like he's really the most broken out of all of them, all of all the characters in this movie. And of course he's a Trump supporter, which, but the thing is, is like, I feel like I was fine with it in the sense of like, that's right. Yeah. It, it didn't feel so overly over the top where he's such a villain and that's why he wears the MAGA hat, you know? Like, it wasn't yeah, like, agree. even though it doesn't paint him in a pretty light, I don't think it was super overtly bad on that part. This, but like I said, this movie, this the tones of this movie are all over the place and I do have a problem but it would go into the spoiler section so I might leave it at the end of it. But, um, yeah, I just want to know the science behind Minds. Yeah, I, after watching that, this movie, true. I really want to know how a mind works because I'm... I'm a skeptic of most movies, and when I see scenes, then I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that's this, one of them. I think this movie works best at the beginning, with like kind of the buddies. I agree. System, or I think it works the best when they actually delve into Delroy Lindo's character mm-hmm. and actually like explore his PTSD and stuff like that. I think that works there. But the rest of the stuff just felt like it was just thrown in there, kind of like it doesn't really work with the rest of the movie. And, um, I thought I would agree with you to an extent. Like I liked a lot of it. Like I thought some of it was good. I did not like the, the one dude's daughter and wife. Yeah. In Vietnam. That did not make any sense. Like there is no reason that it needed to be in it. The whole point was because it was a political ploy kind of thing. And I agree with you. It just felt like it felt like this movie. That's what I'm saying. I, this movie feels like more of a message than actually like a feature length movie. You know, like it feels like Spike Lee wanted to highlight all of these important black figures, and he also wanted to portray this um, example of like Vietnam and the African Americans who served in Vietnam, which I think he does a good job of. Yeah, but I think of 
he didn't really have a movie in there, you know? Because, uh, we want to get into some spoilers a little bit? Uh, sure, that's fine. This, this only spoiler I was going to say is, one of the four of them gets blown up by a mine, because obviously there's mines that were left. And the whole thing about him blowing up, like, it, it felt like they... Because the beginning of the movie, they seem like all, they're all four. They're still pretty tight. You know, they may have not seen each other yeah. for a while. But then he gets just absolutely devastated. And, like, no one's really that upset about it. Like, they're pretty chill about it. Like, there's like, let's get our money and run. Like, I agree. And I don't know if he's kind of going for the treasure of the Sierra Mid- Mid- Madre. Where, like, in the sense of, like, these people, like, money has overtaken their common sense. And they no longer feel emotions towards it or anything. But it was, like, very abrupt. In the sense they just were like, okay, we, we got to go. Like, they're, one of their good friends was just literally blown up into pieces. And then, yeah. I also found this movie very, very predictable. Yeah. Like, uh, we we were calling out who was going to get blown up by a mine before it even happened. And before you yeah. technically knew there was minefields there. Yeah, it just, I don't know. Like I said, it feels like he had a concept, but not a movie in this. And yet it goes on for two and a half hours. And the tone of it just switches. And this is the thing is, it feels like we're trashing on it. And I think we're getting a lot of hate from it. Because everyone is praising this movie. I read through a ton of reviews on Letterboxd to just try to find like a negative one. And it was really hard to do. And I feel like people are afraid because of the political climate right now. But let's just call the movie... Like, this is what I'm saying. This movie might be good to others. And people might like the technical aspects. But I found a lot of the technical aspects of this movie do not be that well. I mean, Delroy Lindo, I think, did a great job acting in it. And I think he was excellent. But, um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, the only one who's, like, a major standout. I just don't think this movie is a very good movie. Like, it might just be my preference. Yeah. I just don't think it's a very good movie, though. I I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this, when I was reading through reviews, what the, a lot of them they said is the plots were disjointed, not put together well and I agree with that there's a bunch of subplots like well that's what I'm saying that didn't yeah. make it, that didn't need to be in the movie and it was like it was like a time filler I felt like like and th- that's the thing like I, f- I don't want to take away from ne- even though I necessarily don't agree with all Spike Lee's viewpoints I don't want to take away from the fact that he just is trying to make I get he's trying to make a political message out here but like I just feel like you're gonna make me sit through two and a half hours of a movie yeah and then it turns into an action movie, and a pretty bad action movie, for sure. At that, I'm just like it, the action. I'm was like, dude, not if you're gonna do this, just make it an hour and a half. Let me just sit through an hour and a half of your messaging, and like, I would have, I would have liked this movie better if it was an hour and a half, just because, like, like you said, there's so many subplots to this movie, Too and so many, many si- side things. Like, it feels like they switch focus so quickly that I don't know. It just didn't, didn't work for me. Though I will say two good things that I liked out of this movie. One, the poster is one of the coolest posters I've ever seen in my life. It is an extremely cool poster. And uh, as Seth will probably pop this up on the screen, the poster. Yeah, this is we'll, we'll get him to put put up the poster for you guys. This hat but sucks. Honestly, this poster is really cool. Like it honestly shows everything that's going on in the movie. Yeah, and it looks awesome. I like, did. And then I guess my second point would be this is another thing that Netflix is trying to put out a great movie. Like yeah. they they hire a pretty well-known director 
Or at least... Yeah, Spike Lee's very well known. And he puts out a movie. Even if it's, like, not the greatest movie ever, they're trying to put out great content. Now, that might be partially because there's so much competition now, which HBO... HBO Max Max now. But I think it's just them putting out quality content again. Well, yeah, I think Netflix, like we've discussed before, is just really corner the market on Netflix originals. You know, because if you think about it, like I personally, I think HBO Max is my favorite streaming service as of right now. Just the catalog they have, or just movies that I really enjoy. But HBO Max's originals, none of them look interesting to me. Um, I don't think I've really watched anything besides Jack Reacher on Amazon Prime. And. Uh, uh no, we watched uh Hunter Hunters. Oh uh, yeah 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 Hunter X or whatever yeah. Really well made is all I'd say. But um that's the only I mean thing Netflix is the only one who's actually putting out like original content on a consistent basis like what you said like, and it's quality no Spike, matter what way Spike you put Lee it. Spike Lee is on there then they had Martin Scorsese with the Irishman and all this other stuff so I mean they are putting good quality content out there um yeah for sure I just think I just think it was a letdown for me for Spike Lee like yeah. I'm not going to say I was the most excited for this movie because I kind of knew yeah. what it was going to be like going into it. And honestly, like, war dramas aren't, like, my just, forte or movie, political movies. I'm, I'm not a big political movie guy, but it actually was disappointing for me. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's disappointing because I really didn't expect anything from this movie. I just I just find it a problem with, like, movies like this is, like... um. Everyone's like Spike Lee is the most unapologetic that he's ever been. I'm just like, yeah, maybe, but being unapologetic doesn't make a movie good. Like just yeah. because like you have a good message or you're being brazen with your tactics or whatever, like it, we still have to judge a movie on what makes a movie good. Like there's an For objective sure. standard, and I think this movie is not being judged with the objective standard right now, which is expected i mean well i think he's just playing on people's emotions right now that's well, legitimately see, how i feel like the movie is see i the only thing i disagree with you is he's done this now for 30 years making the same stuff so it's not like I he's necessarily so. banking on anything he's been pretty i mean he's it, much the same but besides the point what would you end up giving it I ended up giving it a 5 out of 10. Well, actually, do you want to implement our new system i think we, we do it for saying i i just don't think defy bloods works because it is a Netflix movie. You get what I'm saying? But it's still a movie that just came okay. out. Okay, go ahead. Well, yeah, sure. So, we are thinking a new system. New rating system. Just to spice things up. Because yeah. numbers are just a little boring. Well, you know? well, with movies that have already came out in the past, we'll get we'll tell you what our rating is. But for movies that we just watched in the theater is the ones we'll give yes. a different rating for. Because we feel like we don't like giving a rating, a direct rating, watching it one time. Because I feel like when we watch it two or three times, we actually get a grasp of it. Well, like, yeah. And also, like, half this show is promoting new movies that we just saw in the theaters. So we figure, like, a, the best way of doing it, instead of just telling you a number, that doesn't necessarily tell you if it's worth the ticket admission or anything like that. So yeah. we figured this is maybe a better... And plus, like Seth said, it's hard to throw a number at it, but I'd rather say, yeah, I'd like to rewatch this movie. Yeah. I think it's more appropriate, especially with a one-time watch of the Yeah, movie. so I actually think I wrote down what we had. I mean, it's going to take a second. Also, really, what we're trying to do here is... We're trying to get, like, bankrupt AMC to sponsor us. 
That's true, that's true. <laughs> I'd yeah, say yeah, you go yeah, watch yeah. movies at their place. As soon as the, our Spotify deal hits, you know, for $100 million, yeah. um, we're going exclusively to Spotify at that point. Yeah. So, so basically, we're going to have four categories. We're going to have, at the bottom, obviously, the don't watch. And then you have a step up, like, wait for a streaming service, because most everyone has a streaming so- service, or yeah. you've stolen it from somebody. That's exactly. probably the most likely option. <laughs> And then you, the next step up is movie matinee. Like going to see the movie maybe during the day on a Saturday for the cheaper price ticket. You know? Now, I think we need to reward the next one, like something pretty crazy. Now, we just have regular admission, which matinee to regular admission is a lot more I think money. we should say it should be worth full price, and then there has to be a level above full price. Like if we go see Tenet, it just blows our minds. <laughs> we, I, we, I don't want to steal what the other people Yeah, yeah, that'd be stealing it. But we'll think of something. We'll think of something. When, when something... It's like it's when something's like, that good. I think we'll think of the words. The Rolex. <laughs> it's after the Rolex category. They can have my baby. Yeah. We'll say that director. I don't know. We'll figure. Name my out. first child. It's, we'll figure. Well, I'm saying the words will come to us when we see a movie. So it's gonna be don't watch, wait for a streaming service, movie matinee. I I don't even think full mission because I feel like any ones that we think full mission, I feel like we automatically just put that in the. No, no, because I because like okay, for example. Give me like a give me like a eight out of ten movie last year that we went to go see. Honestly, we went to go see a lot of okay. movies. Invisible Man, Invisible Man. Okay, yeah, Invisible Man. I would say I agree take take your date on a Friday night, pay full admission, you'll be fine. I got it better. All right, <laughs> we go, <laughs> we go regular mission, and then we go bring your wife, your kids, your whole family. It's all worth right. it. Yeah, bring it. Pay for them all. Yeah. So and your wife's family, obviously. Okay, so we got five categories. We don't really know the top one's name yet. We'll figure it out. But basically, for this one, what what'd you get it? Oh, uh, this one is um, even though it's on streaming, eh. yeah, yeah. I'd say wait for a streaming service. This <sighs> this one's like a streaming service one for me. Honestly, I would I I wouldn't recommend the matinee personally. It's Just because it's on Netflix, and I feel like everyone has it. I'd say watch it. That's what I'm saying. That's what but I'm saying. But then again, I'd just say, personally, I didn't was not a fan of it at all. It's a, so I'd it, say don't watch. I'd say don't watch. It's a two and a half hour movie. I'd say don't watch. I think it brings up some very important topics. But yeah, I'd I, I, I'd put it in the don't watch category. Uh, wait, wait for streaming service. Just, just watch the street. It's on Netflix. Put it in the background. Full some clothes. Do dishes. You know. So I guess the conclusion we came to is if you have Netflix somehow. Everyone then watch has, it. Everyone has access. But to if Netflix. you don't have Netflix, you don't just run don't to seek it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would not. I, I would definitely not seek it out to watch it. So honestly, this brings us to the one we've been waiting for. Now I think this is probably my most hyped movie, besides obviously Tenant for this year. Okay. Yes. No, I, I like Quiet Place too, but I feel oh, like it's gonna true, let me true. down. I don't even know if it's so, gonna come out this year. So what I've been doing is like. Oh, a quiet place Mentally too. Like, preparing yourself. It, it's not that good, um, you know. Like I, I, I don't think it was that good, but I really. Seth, realistically, is probably good. when when does it come out? August. No, no, it's coming out this year. It's September, I think. It's coming out. You might be right, but. Uh... But anyways, regardless. Yeah. Pete Davidson, I think my opinion is he's a rising star. Well, he is a rising star. <laughs> it's not my opinion. I yeah. think he's going to be actually starting to get really big in movies. As Pete Davidson, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play. He's like The Rock, or he's like Vince Vaughn. But you know, no, you but get no. him every single time. Don't, same don't, person. Don't compare it to that. 
I'm just he's saying, better he than himself. The Rock or <laughs> ah, I mean, way better. Like, because The Rock is not a good actor. True. He's like a Vince Vaughn. He's a face. He's a Vince Vaughn. I would put him almost more in like a Tom Cruise. No, because because like a Tom Cruise, even though he so plays, polar, yeah, he so plays Tom Cruise yeah, I, all the time. He's still a good action actor. But Tom Cruise is also crazy and does all of his own stunts. Like I don't think Pete Davidson gives himself Pete, his own. Vince tattoos. Vaughn, I think I think he's a modern day Vince Vaughn. Oh no. Okay, well you're wrong. I'm right. It doesn't matter. Besides yeah. the point, he's a rising star, and I personally believe. I think we kind of talked about this, but I think Pete Davidson's going to be showing in a lot more movies coming up because I think he's a big hit. I think he was. I think he was a decent hit on SNL. I don't think he was like the biggest star. He, he wasn't. I but mean, okay, I think he's a rising comedy star because of his last two movies. I think Pete Davidson has the most interesting, like, really career boost of all time, and it's obviously dating Ariana Grande. Or Ariana Grande. I'd like to know how that happened. Like, if you think about it, like you said, like he he was already a comedian and he had mild like success, and he was already on Saturday Night Live, which is broadcasted everywhere, right? So, but the thing is, this dude did not start landing the stuff he did until he got the exposure for dating Ariana Grande. So, realistically, that is his smartest career choice he's ever made. Honestly, you know how they say get the most out of a relationship. I mean, oh yeah, he he's running that gravy chain all uh, the way. And on top of his famous success, is he's only dating beautiful women after Ariana Grande. <laughs> and let's be honest, Pete Davidson isn't the best looking man. Uh, like, no, he's, he has, he's not he's our so, ten out of ten. He's self tattooed all the way up, and like, I don't not know even who good you looking are. tattoos. Yeah, I don't know who you thinks that would be a good look, but obviously he doesn't care. I guess that's somewhat of his appeal. And he also looks like he's dying of some sort of disease. <laughs> he's so pale. I mean, and he's like super skinny. I, mean, I he's funny though. I mean, I, okay, I, I don't think he's anorexic, but being he, funny, he's being pale. Funny, being funny takes you far enough in life, I guess. No, I like Pete Davidson a lot. I think, honestly, I think his last movie, um, Big, Big Time, Time Adolescence, yeah, made me fall in love with him in the sense of. That was such. I think me and Caleb have a cheat or er, a soft spot for coming of age movies. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that movie killed it. I don't think we really expressed it well enough on the podcast. But I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it, I just I, it it's one of my favorite movies of the year, which is not. Well, I think I gave not it saying that much. I gave it a seven out of ten originally. I bumped it, up and to I bumped eight. that yeah, up. I just to, bumped it up to an eight. I have it at actually a nine. Yeah, so nine, but yeah, I just I just found it to be really good like even though it's not super deep or anything i know it's not like a phenomenal movie like it just was like a really fun watch and like i was actually i really do want to rewatch it i found that which leads us to his newest movie directed by judd apatow obviously a comedy legend i guess in the making of movies you know he has knocked up he has a 40 year old virgin which is obviously just his massive hit which we gotta hit on these before we get off judd apatow you want to do it first you want to do judd apatow after Let's do Judd Apatow. We've been doing directors first, so let's, let's, let's do them after. Let's hit no Judd Apatow first. Oh, okay, the way you're saying it means no. Like we've been do doing directors. I get it. I, first. Yeah. All right. Fine. Go ahead. Okay. Just let me take it over. Okay. So, <laughs> Go ahead. So basically, he's really well known for Knocked Up and Forty Year Old Virgin. He also did what The Big Sick. Yeah. He's, did he do Anchorman too, or was he just a producer? He's, he produced a lot. Like basically okay, all wait, comedy movies with uh, 
Will Ferrell were produced by him. Let's get his directly directed one. He did not direct The Big Sick. He was a writer? Or Pro- just producer? Uh, writer or producer. Okay, so he did... But it doesn't matter. He did... He did Train do Rack. Knocked Up and 40-Year-Old Version, which are probably... Funny th- people. The most he's known for. Oh, he, did, he did do the TV show Freaks and Geeks, which I personally think is his best work. Well, this is what I'd say. I think Knocked Up has a weird cult following, and I hate it. I don't think it's a cult following. I think it's me... I, I honestly just think the humor does not like it has an eighty five meta score. That you know how good that is for a comedy. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a cult following. <laughs> like, I don't I, get it. Like I don't either. I, I don't. personally do not think it's a good movie. Okay, I don't even think it's not funny. I don't I, think I laughed once. I no no. There's there's a couple of funny. You know where all the they're sitting around Jonah Hill in the house and stuff, and they're just, like riffing, talking about random stuff. Yeah. Okay. When they're like, higher than a kite. Yeah, I, that's I, well, that's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. With I just don't think Judd Avatar works with at least both of our humors. Like Forty Year Old Virgin, you ever seen that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At it's, least most of it, I think. W- it once is. again, I didn't think it was that funny of a movie. Like there was, was a just, co- there was a couple funny parts that I kind of laughed at. I kind of found it just as funny as um, man. This guy produced a lot. That's of what I'm movies. saying. He, and he's not just like a producer where they slap his name on it. That's why I'm saying his producing is almost just as important. Like because he he has a huge part in it. Yeah, because he plays a huge role. He basically he shaped the 2000s era of comedy. Like he has his hand in everything. He know, did the like, soundtrack for Walk Hard. I think he did a song in it. Yeah. 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 No. Um. He's just an interesting character, obviously, uh, character, director, because of his just his movie choices. Like I said, he shaped so much of the early 2000s comedy scene, you know? Yeah. And um, he's so influential in that. And, you know, it's King of Sand Island, to get a little segue into that, is kind of feels different, but at the same time feels the same, you know? It's not like a gross-out comedy, like 40-year-old version or Knocked Up, you know? Has a little more heart to it, which Knocked Up does. Have. I think Can't Stand Nine is his best work yet. Freaks and Geeks, I think I'll stand. By I mean, Freaks I haven't finished Freaks and Geeks. I don't I'll stand by Freaks and Geeks is easily his best thing that I like, at least personally. Which only went on for two seasons, I believe, which is the biggest crime yeah. in history. But are, are we good on the director though? Yeah, if I have any more thoughts on him, I'll share them maybe later on. I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't be, it's fine. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your dad. <laughs> you can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm gonna be here forever. Yeah. I want to become a real tattoo artist. Your work is mad and consistent. Obama ain't right. Oh, I love your tattoos. This is my favorite. I've been dating someone for a little while now. The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you could tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. Do you ever think about putting on the jacket? Why would you even ask me that? What's wrong with being a fireman? It's fine if you don't have kids, because you don't know if you're going to come. Okay, what I would say about, uh, if you don't know about King of Santa Island, it's supposed to be loosely based on Pete Davidson's life. Yeah, I think like 75%. So it's kind of autobiographical, kind of. Yeah, so it's kind of like Honey Boy, 
but not a as close. Bit. That's actually a good comparison. It's like Honey Boy, but a little more silly, you know? And he's playing himself instead of playing his dad. That's true. Honey, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be, Honey Boy is a, I think a better movie. autobiographical movie than... I just think Honey Boy is very good. I, I like, yeah. I mean, okay, so basically what happens is Scott has been a... Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his day smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. And obviously, like we said, Pete Davis is the main character, but I don't also want to sleep on Marissa Tomei plays his mom, and Bill Burr plays kind of his uh, his mom's love interest. And Bill Burr. I'm personally going to say, I'm maybe a hot take, I think Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei are better than Pete Davis in this movie. I like I their performance. Liked- their performances in this movie, I think, are better than Pete Davidson's. Like Bill Burr, being a comedian and having limited acting, and now this is probably his biggest role. Um, I think he did really, really well. And obviously, Marissa Tomei, being like almost sixty and being smoking hot, still sure. But that's not, that's nothing to do with her acting. <laughs> and she's a good actor. I just want to throw that in. No, there. <laughs> and a good actor. Well, we Actors. see what Kale's into. But hey, what hey, I'm hey. saying is, I think Bill Burr was the best actor in this movie. Honestly, his performance swept me away. I think Bill Burr and Pete Davidson played off of each other. Phenomenal. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And um, no, just how Bill Burr could go from, and I think this comes from being a comedian and his actual stand-up. He literally went from like yelling at somebody, yeah, to the next day like super calm. Well, did you did you hear him on Joe Rogan? No, you no I didn't. So and Joe Rogan, he basically talks about it. And Bill Burr's whole like comedy shtick is he's just like the angry redhead. He's just always upset about everything, you know. Yeah, he's just upset. He's very so, animated, like, like Joe Rogan. And like he said, like in his, when he was talking to Joe Rogan, he was talking. He said, like, that's what I'm comfortable with. Like in movies where they want me to play the angry guy, like. I can do that because that's me, right? But he said in this movie, it forced me to actually like, be emotional and like control things. And he said that was like it freaked me out because it was like really hard for me to do because this is like his first time, like yeah. But I think really he, acting. I well. think he worked through it, and it actually felt like true and heartfelt. Like well, I, acting. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I want to give major props to Bill Burr through this. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like he really worked. And like you said his him mixed with Pete Davidson is really well. I think some of that stuff. Not to jump the gun too much some of the stuff towards the end, you know, I think is some of the best part of the whole movie. I agree. I, I, I think this movie actually, which I think a lot of movies lack, had a good ending. Like, yeah. I liked, I liked the ending. I'm not going to say like, okay, I think when I say good ending, people are going to think like heartwarming, which it was, but I mean more like it wasn't a bad ending in the sense of, acting or writing or sound or anything like it was very this movie was very well pieced together all right see i'm, I'm not, i actually disagree with you a little bit here um but um, um what? what i will say is like the ending no it it felt like this movie had a clear beginning you know where pete davison's kind of just a loser drug beat you know loser lives in his mom's basement has obviously some deeper issues because of his dad's death and he hasn't really let it go. It's really affected him and stuff. And then I think it has a clear ending, you know? Yeah. But I think this movie runs way too long. It comes in at two hours and six minutes, I believe, right? Yeah. So this movie is 
a two-hour-long comedy, which I think you could easily, easily take in 15 minutes out of this movie. I mean, I'm trying to think where. I mean, I'm sure there's spots. There's so many. Okay, when he's, he feels like he's a waiter for, like, there's too many waiter scenes, the tip scene. Like, yeah, they do that twice. They do that twice. There's no need. Come the on. only one I think he could have took out was the one with his girlfriend uh, waiting. Like, the well, other ones made sense. Like, the fighting, that was... That it was all funny. Made... It's funny, but, like, it, two two scenes of it? Yeah, well, it all had purpose. The second scene, he gets beat. <laughs> I disagree. I, I think this movie actually was a good length. Granted... Really? I've... You didn't you didn't feel a drag at all? I think an hour and 30 minutes... I'm not even saying hour thirty. I'm saying hour, let's hour, an hour just forty-five. Listen. Hour and thirty. Hour and forty-five. Perfect length of a movie. One of the reasons why I like Quiet Place so much. But I think this movie was pretty well pieced together. Like there's, I just feel like everything parts that weren't a part of the plot, but they were in there for the humor. I mean, okay, I I'll go into more because I, I don't want to like jump the gun right into the middle of the movie. You know, sure, um, sure. The few of the like overall things I did like about, it, I'll go into some things I liked about it. Is um, Pete Davidson's obviously kind of a movie buff, or at least watches a lot of movies. Like he converted his house in Staten Island that his mom lives in to like a big movie theater in the basement and stuff, and he's constantly watching movies. So there's a lot of like small references throughout the movie about other movies and stuff, which is a lot of fun actually if you've seen a lot of these movies, and I really enjoyed. Um, another thing that I think is really funny is Rico from Hannah Montana is in it. Um, just kind of random. He played in Manos, actually, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, a little lesser known film came out last year. Really beautiful film. It's not for everyone. Uh, really good movie, though. Uh, and he's in it, which is really funny to me. He just kind of plays his role. Um, one of the greatest lines in it was from the grandpa. Who said, uh, what, what did he say? He said, uh, something about college. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, you gotta go to college. He's talking to his sister, who's like this real, like, try hard and she's really good. Oh, yeah. Stuff. I know exactly. He's, he's like, you gotta go to college. You'll have such a great time, such a great experience. And then, like, someone else asked him, like, would you recommend. No, no. It's the other way around. So Pete Davidson was talking to him about, or Pete Davidson was bashing college to, I believe, one of the parents. And yeah. And the grandpa comes in and he's like, he's like, yeah, college is a waste of time. It's stupid. You don't learn anything. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. garbage. Just it's literally just a waste of money. And then she's like, "But what do you think about me going to college, Grandpa?" And he's like, "Oh, you'll have a great time yeah. at all the parties and stuff. You'll have a great time. It'll be an experience of a lifetime. You should definitely go." Yeah. And like that's how I feel like I feel like that line is a really good summary of like modern day. I agree. Like I feel like everyone feels that way. Like. Everyone's like, oh, dude, college is so dumb. Don't go to college. It's such a wor- waste of money, all this stuff. Yet we're sitting here and all these seniors, were, our number one question is, where are you going to go to college? Well, not even that. Everyone feels like they have to go to college. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because everyone's, everyone's like, oh, dude, you, you got to go to college. But then we sit here and we're like, oh, college is so stupid. I hate it. So I thought that line was like really funny. I thought it was a really good line in the movie. That was my favorite line. But um, I, I mean, that's kind of the overall stuff I have from it. Uh, I've obviously my list of problems I had with it. Um, like I said before, ultimately it was a letdown for me from going from big time adolescence to this. Honestly, like, I did not think it was that big of a letdown. I, I, I know you don't. I think you did. I think you didn't <laughs> like it as much and don't get me wrong. Big time adolescence. I just felt like only a third of the jokes really landed. Um, I, I think did, big I time like, adolescence is what I'm going to say. I think with a couple rewatches, it might make like, 10 out of 10s. Because honestly, 
I'd have to rewatch it a couple times. I just see if what flaws are in it. Because honestly, you don't really pick. You do if you're really looking for it, but the first time you watch it, you don't really notice the flaws or the yeah. real artistic things in the movie. Yeah, well, but the second time you do, you, went, you generally notice. You that. know, my biggest problem with the movie is that it kind of brought it down for me. Is I don't like Pete Davidson. Honestly, I think he played it perfect. No, 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 no. Not how he didn't play. I'm saying his character. I didn't like his character. It's him. Scott. Yeah, but he's like... I don't big, get what you're saying. Okay, so Big Time Adolescence is... He plays Pete Davidson. Listen, yeah, yes, yes. Big so, Time Adolescence, they had the kid, though. And Pete Davidson is not... He's probably... Would you say he's the main character in that? He's not the main character. The no, kid's the main not. character. he's not. The kid's the main character. And I think that's the best role for Pete Davidson. He kind of plays, like, the sidekick, you know? And it's fine with Pete Davidson being a complete unlovable loser. Like, he's just somewhat lovable in some ways, but he's ultimately, like, a loser, not a good influence. And that's what they kind of get across in the movie. Like, that's the whole point of the movie, you know? In King of Staten Island, like, he has somewhat of a redemption arc, you know? But I'm just like, they enable this kid, like, especially the mom. And that's another thing I had a problem with. His mom is such an enabler. Like, what is he, 23 in the movie? He just smokes dope, barely has a job. But here's the thing. It's like, what if that's actually what happened? No, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. We're not trying to turn this into, like, American Sniper, where it's just totally inaccurate. I just, I had such a hard time, like, rooting for him. Because he's such a homewrecker. Honestly, I was rooting for them to rob that pharmacy. Dude, he's such a. But this is my thing. Like, the yeah, worst robbery I've he doesn't ever watch seen out, in my he life. He doesn't watch out for his friends. They all go to prison, you know. But wait, what are you talking about? He was watching out. Not it wasn't his fault. It wasn't happened? totally his fault. But like, how did he know? Supposed to know the guy was in the store. All I'm saying is like, seeming that he's the main character in this, and he's I'm up front in front of everyone. You know, I just didn't like that. He's just so. It just felt so like I didn't feel good about him because like even his redemption arc i'm like and everyone's so enabling of him everyone's like and then finally there's a scene where like they stop being a little spoiler they stop being enablers for him you know it seems so drastic and i'm just like i don't know man it just he just i had such a hard time rooting for him because i'm like this guy's a loser like i don't i I agree but you don't have to root for the main character but this is okay you don't okay for example taxi driver you don't root for him. He's the anti-hero. But you kind of do root for him. Mm, you do root for him. But he's a bad guy. Goodfellas. He's a bad guy, but you're, you're rooting for him, right? I mean, but he's not a loser. Like, he's at least getting stuck. This is what down. I'm saying. He has qualities that you find appealing or something. For me, Pete Davidson Killing is like... people? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. But no, Pete Davidson is just not... Is throughout this whole movie, Pete Davidson is just like... He's just not... I just don't like him. Like, I, he's like a jerk. This like, is what I'd say. I, any character he has an interaction with, and, like, he's trying to get the upper moral hand, I say no. No, you're in the wrong. Well, this is... This is what I'd say. Normally, Pete Davidson, I'd agree with you, is a great sidekick. He's not a good uh, main character. He, yeah. he, he builds off people better than he yeah. leads people, I guess yeah. you could say, or something sure. like that. But the thing is, with this being about him, it only made sense for him to be obviously the main character. And I think he played it 
very well. And I think this is one of those rare cases where it works with Pete Davidson being And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Pete Davidson is this phenomenal actor. I'd say he's an enjoyable actor for me because it's different. How many movies do you know that are about <laughs> about complete losers <laughs> like I'm, Pete Davidson? Yeah, yeah, no, no. That, my only thing is, is like, obviously a lot of this movie is like a good portion of this movie is fake, right? Yeah. So, and I just felt like the redemption arc wasn't satisfying. Is what I'm saying. If you're gonna play him to be a loser this whole time, because mm. okay, when they get done with the redemption arc. Who do you like more? Pete Davidson is my favorite character. No, the, honestly, no, you you root for Bill Burr at the end of it. Bill Burr. That's no, my whole no, point. No. That's my whole point. Oh, no, 100%. This, this is what happens. I'm always rooting for Pete Davidson, but of I like I'm always, but I like Bill Burr because he's so funny in this movie. And towards the end, you're not rooting for Bill Burr. You're no, rooting no. for Pete Davidson at the fire station at everything. You're telling me you're but, rooting for Bill Burr there? No, no, no. What I'm saying, no, no. I, I mean at the very end in the hospital, when you know everything kind of all comes back together. You know. What are you rooting for, Bill Burr? No, about? I'm not saying ru- ruining the wrong word. Ruining the wrong That's word. That's what I was gonna say. I'm saying like. Who? I'm waiting. I feel. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like Bill Burr's character has grown more as a character and become like more likable and more understandable, and you understand him better than you do with Pete Davidson's. Character. Honestly, I think Bill Burr's character has been the same throughout the whole movie. No, 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 no. no because maybe I, a little less a anger of, issues. No, but he had also problems. Don't you remember? He's like a degenerate gambler. Not really, but like he has. He does have flaws. He has major flaws. He's basically homeless. I right. mean, not yes and no. Yeah, I I, I know. I know what I spoiled too. All I'm saying is, like, you know, when I, I, without spoiling it, because I don't want to spoil it. I think, if anything, Pete Davidson's character evolves more. See, I don't. Because even, even then... He's not, he's not a general loser anymore. He actually works for yeah, what he's got. Well, what's and his- he sees... He actually sees how Bill Burr works hard, and he respects Bill Burr. I'm not saying he end. has no growth, but I just feel like Bill... Bill Burr's character has more of a satisfying. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you may disagree. I just don't. I think it's. I just better. think you're wrong. Well, I say screw you. And then, okay, the other problems I had was in the middle of the movie. There's a lot of things they bring up that really don't pan out to do anything. Like, like he gets a real big bond bet- with Bill Burr's kids. He walks them to school every day. And I know you might disagree. But I feel like they don't they don't finish that out. Like okay. they don't finish that out well enough. We got this. I'll explain it. It does pan out, and the way it pans out is it's painting Pete Davidson as a good character. It's trying to paint him as a good guy because remember he draws ice. I believe it's Iceman. Yeah. Whatever the guy's called, or Bill Burr's like, listen, you can be honest with me. Does is he a good guy? Yeah. And they're all the kids are like, yeah, Pete Davidson's a great guy. But I also will say, just because I'm thinking about it, I honestly think the funniest scene is when he's taking him to school the first time, and he gets to the girls' classroom and he makes a joke about being, <laughs> yeah. about being like a pedophile, yeah. and then she, then she's like, "Hey, can you grab chalk for me?" I really wish that would have played out a little bit more. Well, obviously, they honestly they probably did it perfectly where they left the joke obviously like as a. I don't know what's the terminology. Open, so like, yeah, for I, your own imagination. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like, all right, this movie's already running at two hours and six minutes. Give me three more minutes of resolution 
between him and the kids, like, or as a whole family together, you know, kind of thing. Like, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I sure, like, but I kind of like the ending. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. What I'm, what I'm just saying is, like, I actually, I feel like, I feel like really good, like the ending. A good chunk of the movie is him spending time with the kids, and the payoff is, for me at least, was not as satisfying as I would hope for, you know? The problem is the kids weren't in the, were they? No, they weren't no, in the that's tattoo. What I'm Oh, that, yeah, were. yes, were. Yes, were. Okay, then they were. Then that, that just proves my point. It was okay. It was like, I'm just saying, I, I just wish it was, like, a little bit more satisfying because it feels like a lot of the movie revolves around those kids and Pete Davidson. And sure. I get what you're saying. It does show some moderate growth in him and stuff. Once again, he's just such a loser, and they enable him. Right? It's true, it's but, I mean, I don't... What, what else would have they done? I mean, because that's his character. It's kind of about him. But so they why already be... have a redemption arc in there, and because okay, at, spoilers. At the end of the movie, he just still has his idea to build. Like, yeah, he understands hard work and. Well, the only uh, thing but... I would say that doesn't make sense in the movie is the sister. There's only one scene in the movie where it makes any sense at all. I actually, I'd say, yeah, it's basically one scene when he goes to the party and he's like, "Wow, these are my people." I actually felt normal. I didn't have to fit in because they're all just basically doing drugs yeah so i guess but then also they have the talk about how which makes pete davidson look crazy and because the sister is kind of normalized well, i that's, guess that's what i'm saying is where like, she's like i i don't think you should get in the way of mom no but the thing that makes me mad is that pete davidson goes in this gigantic dialogue of how like he has mental issues and stuff that's why he can't do anything and i'm just like Dude, you're so. But weak. that. What if that's. What if that's how it actually happened? Like, I didn't have a problem with the no, movie. No, I believe of that. that's how. Okay. Once again, they take a lot of liberties in changing things. So, why don't we make him a little more likable if we're going to do that? I think he is likable in the end. I think he's very likable in the end. I actually think it goes from you not he's liking li- him at all likeable. to you liking him a he's lot. He's likable, but I just still feel like he's such a loser. I mean, whatever. So what? is that your biggest nitpick? I just well, it's a big nitpick because it's the whole movie that you don't like him for certain reasons, but most people do. I mean, dude, I'm gonna tell my own opinion, okay? All right, so this actually got an eighty or a sixty-eight meta score, which is actually lower than the other movie. Yeah, well, this meant I have one more. I have one but more. all I was gonna say is uh, this has a way higher or not way higher user rating, but has a higher user rating. Does it actually? Yeah. So I definitely thought it, the five bloods so would have five, higher. The five bloods got an eighty-five meta score, but it only got a six point seven user rating. And this is all on IMDb. Yeah. But King of Staten Island got a sixty-eight, and um, the user rating is a seven point two. Now, this is what I'd say what I don't like about Metascore. It's very politically motivated. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That's what I'm saying about the five bloods. It's like, I think I think it's got to be objective at a certain point. Like, Well, I think that's why I got such a, yeah, a good, that's, that's I think we both agree yeah, on that. Yeah. So I would say don't, I mean, if a Metascore is high, it generally it's not going to be a bad movie. Boyhood. It wasn't a bad movie. It's just so boring. <laughs> I, I. It's okay movie. I, I mean, it was just like an artistic movie. It's it's just a gimmick movie. Art it's art a, movie. It's a I think gimmick. I said artistic. It is artistic. Art. Uh. <laughs> it's it's an art. It's like an art movie. I mean, you're you're watching it for the art. You're not watching it for any other reason, yeah. like at all. 
Well, before we just like, or the respect. One I thing about King, King Stanley before we get too far off topic here is um. Give me what you're saying. Oh, that they were um. Don't you feel like they play off of his dad being dead like way too many? There's way too much in there. Like at a certain point, aren't you like, okay, I get it. Like there's like I feel like there's like ten scenes in there where specifically are only there just to remind you that he's sad about his dad being dead. Honestly, I can really only think of, I don't know. I guess there, with there's him, I feel like there's only like two or three no. with him. But there's with other ones. Like the it, the whole movie revolves around his dad. I agree. The whole movie does revolve around his dad. But what I'm saying is like, it just has so many scenes of him getting angry that his dad is dead. Like there's 10 scenes of it. I'm like, give me two, maybe three. I don't need all of his Honestly, it just didn't annoy me personally. Is this a way to cut down the movie where I felt like they could have easily cut down on? I mean, you might be right on oh, this Oh, Steve one. Buscemi's also in this movie. I just want to just say Oh, yeah, quick, that's true. Which was a little weird. Like, yeah. He was actually a firefighter uh, this is like when he started off, like when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So I think it, him playing like the chief or whatever or whatever he is, it's actually a pretty good role. I think he does a pretty good job in it. I mean, Steve Buscemi does good in everything. Yeah, he's actually pretty funny too. All right. Um, uh, also, the Vine guy's in it. Yeah, I can't think of his name. I uh, will find him. I'll find him. I'll find him. Yeah, he's in um the American Vandal. Uh, uh Netflix that uh, like spoof of American. Murder. Jimmy. Yep, Jimmy. Taro. I'll tell you right now. I can remember from my. I think it's, oh, Tatro. Tatro. Jimmy Tatro. Anyways, he's he's got famous on social media. He's in actually a couple movies, small small roles like Twenty Two Jump Street. He's actually has a cameo. Small a cameo. Grown Ups Two. He's at the party. One of the party. He's a part of like the zip liners yeah, or yeah, something whatever. like that. Um, so, like, he has small appearances in comedy. Well, American Vandal, he does a big role. He's the main character in American Vandal. I guess that's right. But, yeah, that was interesting. So, they had a bunch of... And they also had, uh... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I just noticed him. Kevin... Kerrigan? Kerrigan. Yeah, Kevin Kerrigan. Who's in True Romance. Yeah. Great movie. Pineapple Express, never seen, and The Departed, and definitely maybe is like his known roles, I guess. Yeah. Um. But he's like he's he's like always a, I feel like a small role in all movies. Yeah. But he's a face. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen. Now I uh, said so this is worth uh twenty dollars. This movie is on VOD. You can get it for twenty dollars. You mean ten? Oh. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. I'd say it's definitely worth ten dollars, Manny. Uh, yeah, I know, but I, I I I say we go into that next. But I'm saying like right now the price is twenty dollars. Am I just watching it? See, that's that's my point. VOD. Let's, let's start a little bit. If me and you are watching it, I'd say yeah. Okay, I would agree with that. I I would pitch in ten dollars to see this movie. Yeah, I'd watch this movie for sure for ten dollars. But if I'm saying myself, honestly, there's paying, not many movies I'd pay twenty dollars to go that's see. That's my whole point. I'm like, I, and I love uh, movies, but and. I mean, I don't think you can call this cheapskates, because twenty dollars for one person, not even is, own it, it's is a lot. Time viewing is a lot of money. Like, I've listened. Listen, I've listened to quite a few podcasts about VOD, and they've been talking about it and stuff. And a lot of them come to the conclusion that like they're fine with it. And like one guy said, he'd pay fifty dollars to see Tenant. Jeez. And I'm like, 
No. No. Like, th- there's... I'm telling you right now. If movie theaters die out and I'm forced to pay $20 for a movie... I'm going to be kind of mad, honestly. I think my movie oh, selections my will be a lot smaller. I, I don't do. think I'll see as many movies. This is what I'd say. Me and Caleb... Last... Was it last week? End? Yeah, was it a drive-in drive Yeah. Yeah, last Thursday. We went to a drive-in. Let me just tell you. The light was on the camera lens was like fading. And I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. So it, the screen really wasn't that bright. We had po- problems with our radio. But besides the point, the drive-in movie was still amazing. Like yeah. watching it on a big screen is a big difference. And, and it was like, what, The Invisible Man and... Uh, the Hunt. The Hunt. So all I, all I'm saying is like... I think we truly take away from a big screen and in a movie theater you have nice speakers and pretty comfy chairs. I think we really take away from that. Because watching it at home is just not the same experience. And the only way I can express this, like some people might be like, oh, I can watch... I have 4K TV that, you know, can project it, whatever. This is what I'd say to you. Go watch Lord of the Rings extended cut at the theater. <laughs> And I guarantee your 4K TV won't be as good well, of an experience. That's, that's the thing is, like, I think we have an okay setup for our movie watching stuff. And, like, I don't think it's, like, bad. Yeah. But, and like, I only feel like the people that are really pushing for this VOD stuff are people who have, like, literally basically a home theater that they spent, like, easily three grand on making. Yeah. And I get their point then. I, I kind of do get their point. Like, if, if I have that nice of a setup, where it's basically the same as going to the movies. Like, yeah, then I'd rather just sit in my own house. Like, that only makes sense. But seeing that 99% of the population does not have that same access, like, I think everything going VOD is a really bad option. Especially for movies like Tenet coming out, I think it's a really bad. I think there's a way you could do it where you do maybe, like, the first month it's only in theaters. But then it goes to VOD. And then obviously it's still in theaters for, or the first two weeks it's in theaters only in the VOD. Now I'm not saying put any restrictions on this because I think that's when stuff gets bad is when you put like, oh, it can only be in theaters. Now it's one thing if the producing company is choosing that, but what I think is going to happen, and I think you'll agree with me, is basically theaters will close down. And streaming services will buy those theaters yeah, and produce I mean, their own movies. Netflix has already bought out the theater, the Egyptian theater in LA. So I mean, but the only problem that's with that, I see Disney doing that the pretty only pro- soon. The only problem with that is movies that aren't from like those theaters. So like a Quentin Tarantino movie, who really doesn't have yeah that close affiliation. Or with like anything. what happens with like Paramount or Twenty First Century. 20th century. 20th century. Uh, yeah. What's, I, what's another one? A Warner Brothers. Like, what are they going to have to buy their own theaters? And then, you know how hard that's going to be? Like, let's say the Disney theater is the one in Southgate, so it's not far. Disney theater. Like, let's say Disney buys out oh, JR. Yeah. So it's not far. And then Netflix buys out uh, the one by Southland Mall. So, pretty yeah. close. But... Then we have to drive all the way to like Royal Oak for any art Hulu Hulu theater. Like that would be very frustrating. 
is all I'm saying. Like, and yeah, like, oh. I, I think that's the only solution. I honestly no, think. No, I don't think it's the solution. I think that's what's going to happen. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think AMC is, they're in bankrupt right now, and I truly believe Disney's going to buy them out. They did just buy, they just spilled a drive-in movie theater. No, not AMC. Oh, it was AMC. Um, no, um. I swear it was AMC. No, it was, uh. Well, AMC's the biggest, if you don't know, AMC's the biggest movie theater company in the United States. Yeah. Um, no, it was, um, I think it was Imagine. It was a local-based company. Was it really? Yeah. Um, Might have been Imagine then. I just can't believe AMC's, actually, I can really see it, honestly. I don't think, I really don't think there's any money in movies. I mean, the box office definitely does well. There's but enough, besides that, Well, no. it depends on the movie. Like, um, the, the reason that Disney would do it is because it's, it, it it'd be not profitable for Disney to make these two hundred and fifty million dollars superhero movies because they rake in I mean a billion oh. dollars per one so th- they'd be dumb to put that all on their streaming service like it w- they wouldn't get any money like for it even if yeah. they put on VOD it wouldn't make as much money so that's what I'm saying I, I feel like Disney if theaters start closing down Disney has no choice like it only makes sense for them to buy start buying out theaters I agree and yeah. what what I'd say is if you guys don't know how movie theaters work they only make like so if the dollars let's say is ten dollars they only make like a dollar off that ticket or only get a dollar the other nine dollars goes to actually like the production company yeah and that only that happens for what is it it's like something like six months or something crazy no 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 no, no. it's i think three months or something it's close to three months three months and then it basically flips to the other end of the spectrum but they know at that point. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're no not way. gonna want to watch anything. I mean, when's the last time you've seen a movie that's been out for more than a month? Like I mean, the we have. I was trying to think. I couldn't th- really Lord think of one. Lord of the Rings. Okay, okay. That's not what I meant. I meant like. Well, we go see one that came out like three months ago. Oh god, no, no. But I mean, I mean we, seem, we like, go see older movies, which I do think that's one way they make their money. But no one goes to those. Even no, though no, no, that's not true. Lord of the Rings was pretty packed out. Yeah, but Lord of the Rings is probably one of the bigger. Movies. What other ones did we go to? What other classic ones did we go to that had a lot of people? Definitely didn't go to the Harry Potters. I can tell you that one. The Harry Potters, but um, but yeah, that's uh, for me. That's kind of sad because I love the theater. You know, theater is a cool experience. I think it's an awful date experience. Well, that first day. I mean, I don't think it's a bad date. I mean, just like you don't talk at all. That's what I mean by awful. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're dating like six months, I mean, who cares? That's a good point. But then I have to pay $10 for her. You buy it on VOD for 20 <laughs> <laughs> At least we're in my house, right? <laughs> All right. So uh, basically that wraps up the episode. Next week, uh, we've been out for a year, guys. So a little round of applause. Uh, we've been out for a year now. Um, and we're getting our first video year. So you see how progress exactly. is Exactly. Next 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 year we'll it's do it all in virtual three, reality. Yeah. <laughs> VR. <laughs> I feel like you touch us. We'll be touching yeah. you. Yeah. You'll be like the cameraman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a little POV action. Um so what we decided to do is once again, since there's really no no new movies coming out, so we got a lot of time on our hands um in that area. And we don't want to go back to the thing yet because our Academy versus the people because the next really one dry. we're not I, excited I think we're about. Skip cher- uh, chariots of fire. But anyways, um, 
what we decided to do is one of, we decided let's take a movie that we both collectively love you know because collectively we can easily make a top 10 and they're fairly similar but one movie that's always stuck out for us that we've loved together honestly is, collectively this is easily if you took our collective combined totals this would probably be top five yeah is uh collective yeah Wedding Crashers with Vince Vaughn and uh, Owen Wilson. It's just, for some reason, this movie really works for both of us. And I think it's a great rewatch right now. Um, I even, I'm not, it's not a perfect movie. I mean, obviously, you could cut out the last 20 minutes of this movie. It would be phenomenal. But It's, um, it's a weird comedy, you know? It's not like... There's a little rom-com action in there, you know? It, it's word, just word. so good. And you got yeah. so many famous actors in it. Yeah. Christopher Watkins. I yeah. Mean, uh, I... Is it I think it's Isla Fisher. I'm going to say, or Isla. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Amy Adams. Um, so that's, that's, that's what we're going to do for next week. Um, and it should be like a fairly. Should be a good one. Easy episode because we love it. Yeah, exactly. I've seen, seen this movie seen about 10 times. times so we're, I'm going to try to watch it for the long time. And uh, It's Isla Fisher. See, I don't know because I've heard people say Isla. I think it's Isla. You got Rachel Adams. Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Yep. Yeah, so, guys. Jean. Till next time. See you guys later.